well, yeah, two point yeah. five, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, I think um, just on your point of um, some people who are suggesting that it might have potentially been fifty basis points. Mm. Um, if you just look at the vote as as, uh, as as it is, right? Well, you've got those five members where two actually voted for the fifty basis points, which sort mm. of shows that uh, perhaps. That thinking uh, is there, and um, for me, it probably indicates that um, we might see even more rate increases as we're going forward. Um, I mean, I think, as you said, they, um, we've now increased by 25 basis points, basically taking our repo rate to about 4.25% and our prime rate to 7.75%. But of course, I mean, I think expected and not surprising. Um, just, I mean, a number of factors there, uh, particularly, you know, trying to counter the inflationary pressures. Mm. And uh, the indications have always been there. You know, the situation in Russia, well, in Ukraine, um, is also not uh, assisting, um, even, you know, just in terms of the oil prices and how it's affected the entire global economy. Um, I mean, I think it was always going to be coming, you know, even outside of, um, you know, Russia and Ukraine. I mean, South Africa, um, the Reserve Bank dropped um, our interest rates quite significantly um, to, to, to sort of assist the economy in South Africa sort of uh, navigate um, the pandemic. And I mean, I think as we begin to emerge uh, out of what is, maybe you can even term it post-pandemic, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're, you know, those sort of that expectation that would potentially um, begin to, 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 to move back to, you know, to, to, to those um, high prime um, interest rate, prime, prime interest rate numbers. Um, but I think, we, I mean, I think we didn't expect it to be this quick. Mm. Um, but indications are there as well that um, even going forward, uh, we might see quarter-on-quarter increases uh, with the prime interest rate. I mean, not good news um, on on a number of fronts, of course. You know, we'll be paying higher interest yes, rates, but uh, not surprising. Um, and as you say, you know, some might have argued that it should have been 50 basis points, mm. but we'll definitely accept that 25 basis points yeah. at this point. Look, I mean, bundle it's probably the worst time, right? To, to yeah. um, especially for households and for consumers. Uh, yeah. We've got muted consumer demand, but I guess it might also be worth considering where the inflation is coming from. Uh, often, when you, I guess, respond with interest rates, you're responding to the overheating of the economy, uh, where demand is outstripping, I guess, what's happening on the supply side. But a lot of, I guess, uh, the supply side issues that we have have very little to do with what's happening on the demand side of the economy. Yeah, I mean that's 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 true. I am, um, but uh, but I think for me, it it was bound. We were bound to begin to see some of the increases, and I take your point that mm. you know it's mostly coming. Um, for, for from certain you know pressures, particularly inflationary. But I mean, I think um, it was definitely something that's coming, and um, you know, for me, really not no 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 surprises. But it is it does come at the worst of times. You know, um, you know, uh, disposable incomes are shrinking, households can't um, afford, and I mean, you've got uh, rising fuel prices, mm-hmm. and now you've got you know even increasing. Um, uh, interest rates, so it comes at a worst time, you know, and perhaps um, there, there could be some cushion offered, um, some cushion offered by, you know, the, the, the engagements that are supposedly happening between uh, Treasury as well as, mm. um, as, as as a Department of Energy, and hopefully there could be some cushions provided there in terms of uh, maybe reductions in um, fuel prices, but I suppose we'll have to wait and see on that one. But, um, you know, I think just purely from an economic front, mm. um, there's no surprises here. But, um, you know, I do take your point that perhaps there should have been a bit more considerations and also just looking at the timing of it, you know. Mm. But, um, 
you know, it's also very difficult when you're sitting in that committee um, and you have to make some of those decisions. Yeah, I was saying but to somebody me, yesterday, yeah. man, I, I would not want to be in that type of committee uh, making that type of decision that affects many credit-active consumers across the length and breadth of South Africa. We also know, yeah. I guess, whenever these statements come out, uh, Bandila, that they also cover a lot of the projections and assumptions that the Reserve Bank is making uh, on a few variables. Might be the RAND, might be the Brent crude oil price, it might be the path of administered prices. And these are, you know, the price of electricity, uh, the price of, um, you know, uh, water and the price of municipal services and all manner of other prices that are not necessarily set in the marketplace, but are administered by authorities. So NARSA in the case of electricity and, of course, many municipalities in the case of some of the other services. What are they saying on that score? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just looking at some of the projections, I mean, I think a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if I remember if it was last week, actually, mm. uh, just on the inflation uh, side, uh, you know, there have been uh, revisions there, you know, where we were originally um, projecting that would probably see an average inflation rate of about 4.8% for the year 2022. But that has now since been revised to about 58 which just, um, you know, so tells your story there around just consumer prices. Uh, I mean, I, I think if you also just look at the forward agreements, um, forward rate agreements, um, and basically used to speculate some of the borrowing costs, um, those have also been altered, you know. Uh, those are basically now being priced at about 22 to 68 basis points of interest rate hikes compared to that 237. Mm. So a month ago, which just shows you that, you know, there is an expectation that will probably continue on this trajectory of increasing interest rates um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, the rand also rallied um, into this news, and we've seen now the in the strongest uh, point uh, in five months. But um, it, it, I mean, looking forward, it just you know it it, it really doesn't look too good. I, uh, and mm. I think things are going to definitely be getting tighter and tighter. And I think uh, it would be quite prudent of anyone, of everyone, to just tighten up their belt um, and just. Uh, uh, see what things are going to be looking like. But yeah, the projections definitely indicate that um, we might be seeing increasing prices as well as increasing interest rates going into the rest of 2022. And I guess only time will tell. Um, I mean, what that price environment is going to mean. The Russia-Ukraine situation is also yeah. unfolding in a way that is at this stage um, quite unpredictable. I mean, maybe other people, but uh, I certainly can't predict it from where I'm sitting at the moment. That being said, uh, there was also the fourth installment of the investment conference earlier on today. Some interesting pledges made, uh, additional yeah. pledges uh, today. $11.8 billion investment pledged by African Rainbow Minerals in two uh, platinum mines. Uh, Ford Motor Company, $16.4 billion in expanding their manufacturing capacity. Uh, and then, of course, um, you know uh, the likes of uh, the New Development Bank. Uh, which yeah. uh, is aiming to provide $21.7 billion more in financing to South Africa. And the telecom also saying they're going to spend 7 billion rand more on infrastructure in the telecoms space. What do you make of, I guess, uh, some of these pledges coming as they do, Bandile, uh, in an uh, economic environment that I guess isn't as buoyant as some might expect? Yeah, I mean, I think quite interesting, right, and that statement actually made by the African Development Bank of saying that they basically believe in South Africa, regardless of the economic climate and the situation right now, and mm-hmm. South Africa is um, a good place to be investing. Um, but yeah, interesting pledges, right? And I think for me, you know, for the average citizen, um, you know, what we are hoping um, this all of this results in is um, you know jobs uh, at the end of the day because we've got a significant 
significantly high unemployment rate, and we're hoping that you know these um, these pledges uh, in terms of increasing manufacturing capacity, bringing in new new platinum mines, you know, spending um, on new capital projects will actually result um, in increase uh, increase in increased employment and uh, hopefully reduce that unemployment rate. But uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of um, uh, potential implications, well, not implications, but there's a lot to take away from this. I mean, I think the president, of course, committed and um, basically said a couple of years ago that uh, he will definitely be pushing for investment, and this comes as a major boost for him uh, to say that he's managed to secure, I mean, I think about a trillion worth of investment. Um, But, you know, so it's quite um, an interesting one. And, I mean, I think there was also a commitment made there that... um, Government is making headway um, in implementing structural reforms, which will make it easier to do business in um, in South Africa. And specifically for me, what was quite interesting is the opening up of the freight rail system uh, to private investors. Mm. Um, you know, so it's going to be quite interesting. But um, I mean, I think for the for the average citizen in South Africa, what we're really hoping for is that um, these um, investments are going to translate to jobs. They're going to translate to a strengthening sure. economy. Um, you know, we, we, we often have these investment conferences, um, you know, and we, we hear these pledges. Uh, but, uh, you know, of course, you take into account COVID and then and, and the implications from a global perspective. But um, we, we really, you know, this need to trickle down to actually, you know, have an impact where they are needed the most. Mm, mm. Let's shift away from that one uh, and uh, I guess uh, turn our attention to the Tuane High Court or North, um, what is it? Yeah. North Gauteng High Court. Uh, because I'm going back to a Pretoria High Court. They've issued a preservation order for uh, the Gupta business to get its shares in Optimum Coal Mine and uh, some of its day-to-day operations and, of course, the coal terminal that services it as well. And, uh, yeah, this was granted in terms of the Prevention of Organized Crime Act. And uh, some of these assets may be worth around 3 billion rand. And it certainly has made many people happy and, uh, I guess, even some of the reporters more optimistic now that the NPA will follow up on prosecutions emerging from the corporate capture yeah. of the state. Yeah, definitely a major boost for the NPA. For me, that was, you know, the, the, the biggest uh, takeaway coming out of this. I mean, um, you know, they've been under quite significant pressure uh, with a lot of questions being asked about the leadership there. And I think this comes at uh, quite an opportune time for them. And um, I mean, I think it also just comes um, just post, uh, you know, the release of this uh, state capture report, which uh, I think it's, uh, it's going to be also a major boost for the president as well as the government who've uh, basically said that they've set their sights on making sure that they hold uh, those that um, were found, uh, that were implicated in state capture um, uh, liable. And mm-hmm. I think this is a major boost, uh, of course, you know, they they now in a position where, you know, that um, business uh, rescue practitioners um uh, the sale that was going towards planned uh, um, is basically now off the table. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's a major boost in recovering uh, some of the monies that um, were, 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 were taken uh, through state capture. But, of course, the, 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 the court actually finding uh, that uh, the, the money that was used um, to, 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 to purchase um, optimum property uh, was actually acquired through fraud, money laundering, and corruption and theft. Um, but I think it's significantly a major boost, um, and hopefully we'll begin to see more and more of this uh, coming because um, the NPA is going to be under a lot of pressure to start making arrests, to start recovering mm. some of the funds um, that were embezzled through state capture. So, but uh, for me, the biggest takeaway here, you know, is just uh, 
quite a major boost for the NPA, and I can imagine um, they were they were starting to feel the pressure. I can imagine. I mean, and uh, I guess one hopes that uh, over the next while uh, we might have some progress insofar as some of these prosecutions are concerned. I think uh, members of the South African public um, in many ways are are looking for successful prosecutions here. We've heard all the gory details. Many of us are still reading through uh, the Zondra Commission's reports uh, and uh, finding some of the revelations there. Uh, And I think it would be a deep miscarriage of justice if indeed uh, um, many of those people where it is alleged they've done things are not uh, successfully prosecuted and brought to book. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, of course, uh, we're going to also have to, 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 to exercise a bit of patience because sure. you can imagine that report is going to be taken on to reviews. I mean, usually these uh, legal matters drag on and they do take time. Mm. But, um, I mean, if you just consider this specific case, I mean, it's been ongoing for a while in terms of just uh, the Guptas, the uh, assets linked to the Guptas. But um, I think progress nonetheless. And, um, you know, I think definitely the public um, is going to be looking and saying, you know, especially considering just the resources that have been utilized in, in, in running that entire commission, you know, there is a feeling within the public to say, you know, was this money well spent? Mm. And I suppose the only way we'll really be able to know that is if there are um, uh, prosecutions and there are, you know, um, elements of where we could recover some of these funds. I mean, if you recover $3 billion, uh, just in this particular case, that already on its own, you know, sort of covers that billion that um, is said to have been spent with the state capture. But I think more is going to need to be done. And I imagine uh, the NPA is going to need additional resources and to, capaci- to be capacitated which um, Treasury has committed to say that they will definitely be doing that. Sure. But, um, yeah, major, major boost um, for, for, for the leadership, the, the NPA. They were under significant pressure. And I know, um, you know, I was definitely one of those people to say, you know, they, 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 need, to, they need to come to the party. Mm-hmm. And um, seemingly, uh, the Nocautian Court um, has ruled in their favor in this particular case. Last one on my end, uh, Northam Platinum giving out some guidance to the marketplace about uh, what their numbers are going to look like. Strong cash generation, but I guess a big part of it, uh, as is the case with many stories in the platinum sector, much higher basket prices uh, for platinum than maybe what we saw this time last year and what we probably saw this time five years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was quite interesting um, just to look at some of the the, 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 the production numbers there and some of the decreases, um, particularly refined metal um, and some of mm. the challenging operational circumstances that, that actually uh, mentioned, particularly in the there's on the Rende mine, um, just around, you know, um, uh, the, who they've expressed and um, uh, had a, a couple of mining-related uh, fatalities, um, which also led to delays in production, stops there as well as community unrest. But um, interesting just to look at the financial numbers and the financial results that they're talking about there. You know, um, um, you're looking at a profit increasing at about 12.7%, driven, of course, by an increase in revenue. But there is that offset uh, due to the increase in cost of sales and the cost on that particular front. But interesting numbers coming in. Um, you know, uh, they've also mentioned that um, their net cash position has slightly decreased uh, due to increased capital expenditure. Um, with them, of course, we're restarting a, a number of projects that have been curtailed by the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, so I think it's, it's, it's quite interesting, but it, it, it's good nonetheless, you know, in the sense that they are projecting that they will be reaching um, um, significant profits with their EBITDA also uh, up 19.1%. 
Ndakamatandela, masishi hapo this evening. As always, a pleasure catching up with you and uh, thank you very much for your time. Mandulele mtakatao and have a good show going forward. Kuska kulu. Bandile Matandela, the market analyst helping us.